Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 7 of season 2 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The director of scouting for TSN will be along shortly as the stars of tomorrow are discovered here. Uh, We continue to alter our approach on the uh, 2021 draft as the 2021-2020-2021 hockey season has been derailed for so many things, so many leagues and so many players and so many scouts. Uh, it's just been, it's been wild. Um, and you know, that's the least of, uh, of our concerns right now, unfortunately here in Alberta, especially in a lot of provinces and uh, a lot of places is that there is seem to be this second wave, uh, another outbreak of COVID-19. So hopefully you are safe, you are healthy and you are taking, uh, precautions, uh, to prevent, uh, the spread of, uh, this is a de- deadly, deadly disease, a deadly, deadly virus. So as for this show, we're going to talk a little bit about the World Juniors. Uh, from now until the tournament starts, uh, we have four more shows. We're going to hit all the Canadian teams and you know what World Junior prospects they have. We'll maybe take a look at some countries as we go. And, of course, we will have three players uh, to talk about for the 2021 draft this year. Matthew Nice, uh, Fyodor Svechkov, and Dover Tinling are the three uh, mini-profiles that we'll, we'll be putting together Today, uh, Craig Button joins us courtesy of the UFFS or UFFS Hotline. Uh, it's the ultimate fantasy or ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform, the most realistic that there is. It simply doesn't get more realistic than this, right down to a scouting platform. So if you can't get in as a GM or an owner, you can get in as a scout and track the same players that Craig button does check it out at www.uffsports.com and get in the game where you own the game follow them on twitter at uff sports and uh, they'll get back to you with any questions that you might have they're very very good at explaining how the system is this is high stakes fantasy our 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 prize pool is over forty thousand dollars uh, so it's high stakes, definitely. It's not cheap, but it's high reward. And these are uh, digital assets that you own on the blockchain. So it's new level, awesome stuff. You want to get involved, check it out at www.uffsports.com and uh, get in the game where you own the game. All right, let's get our game going with the director of scouting from TSN, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director. 
director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Craig, December is here, and uh, a lot of times for me, that is just wall-to-wall -wall World Junior time. I get so excited about this tournament. But obviously this year, there, there are a lot of concerns. Um, you know, are there concerns right now about this tournament moving forward with the, the current situation that we find ourselves in? Or are people and the people in charge pretty confident that they'll be able to handle this in the bubble? Well, let me answer the second question first. I, I, I don't think there's any question that there's a confidence based on uh, what the NHL did in the bubble, specifically in Edmonton. And obviously there uh, a lot of insights have been uh, gathered from, from that experience. So there is a, a really strong confidence about being able to uh, function and you know, carry it out in much the same way that the NHL did. Now, that being said, back to your first question, I, I think that when the NHL went into the bubble, uh, you know, the, the pandemic was in a very different place. Number one, it was in the summertime. And number two, there wasn't uh, the spread uh, that we're seeing uh, presently occurring now right around the world. And when I say around the world, let me focus in on, you know, the the Western world and, and, and that's Europe where the countries are coming from and North America and, and, and the spread is significant. So, I mean, uh, the consultation with Alberta Health Services and the health experts uh, is daily and, and, and multiple times daily to, to ensure that, number one, you're not introducing uh, greater risk. And number two, that in, in the event that something does occur, that you're not taxing the resources, the medical and hospital resources in Edmonton, because that's, a, you know, that's really important. You know, when we see a spread happening, you know, when we talk about flattening the curve, that's significant. And you, you, you certainly don't want to, uh, you know, put citizens that, uh, you know, live in Edmonton, live in, a, in, in, in the Edmonton area. Uh, in any type of peril, number one, and number two, not have them be able to access the healthcare services that may become necessary if they do uh, contract uh, COVID-19. So Hockey Canada and, uh, you know, everybody involved is, is in regular contact and monitoring it all the way through. So, but we can talk about the protocols and we can talk about the experience that the NHL had and the confidence. Those are all really good. But you know, COVID-19 is, is shown to be something that can, you know, rear its head in a significant way. So you have to be cognizant of that. And, you know, I thought, you know, when the NHL return to play occurred at one point, I thought it was 80-20 that they would be able to carry it out. Like I said, it was flawless. You know, different time now with uh, with the increased cases. So I don't know if I'd be as say it's 80-20, but... Uh, I think that the next 10 days are going to uh, be really significant because the next 10 days teams are gathering now in the respective countries and then they're going to have to, you know, you know, make sure that they're isolated, you know, in their own kind of uh, contained bubble before they come into the bubble. 
And if there's problems, uh, you know, in this in, the, in this camp bubble that's going to be occurring in different uh, countries, and 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 you know, the health officials and the government of Canada cannot be assured that the, that the risk is uh, at zero, if not very close to zero. Uh, you know, the the chances of this tournament, uh, you know, being uh, carried forth, you know, certainly uh, are in jeopardy. There's no question about it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this is this is something that is always changing, it seems, on us. So obviously everybody has to be as flexible as possible. Um, so as for the tournament, you know, let, let's assume that uh, we can be safe and move forward with this tournament. Uh, all the Canadian teams and all NHL fans are always curious about what their prospects are up to. So let's start out east. And, and what should Montreal Canadian fans be excited about with this tournament this year? Well, I mean, the, their first-round pick from two years ago, uh, Cole Caulfield, I mean, there's so, such high expectations of him uh, going into last year's tournament. And the USA, you, you know, didn't have uh, the tournament they expected to. Cole didn't have the tournament that he wanted to have. And certainly now, uh, it's always going to happen, Dean. There's going to be questions. Oh, how good is Cole Caulfield? He's really good. He, he's an elite goal scorer. And he at Wisconsin this year, he's demonstrated all of that. And, you know, like, I, I think at times we we take these young players that have been drafted high and, and they get put into a best-on-best -best tournament at the World Junior with players that are high quality right across the board. And it, it, it's not easy to go in there and just dominate, but every fan base thinks their first-round draft pick should dominate. And if that first-round draft pick doesn't dominate, somehow it's he's not as good as they thought. It's not true. There's no truth to it. But, but Cole demonstrated in last year's tournament, you know, over the course of it, okay, there's some different things I'm going to have to do uh, to, to have success. Now, he wasn't able to finish like he's accustomed to, but I clearly saw those adjustments, and that speaks to exceptional hockey sense and understanding, okay, this is what teams are trying to do against me. Here's what I got to do. And I, I think that that speaks volumes about not only his talents, but his understanding of how he's going to have to adapt uh, with greater challenges in front of him. All right, so that's on the American side. Uh, Montreal Canadian fans will also be watching Team Canada and the Czechs with great interest for a couple of players as well. Caden Gooley, you know, Montreal's first-round draft pick in 2020. I mean, he's a, he's a great skater who's a really strong, competitive defenseman. And, uh, you know, territorial, he's really difficult to beat one-on-one -on -one in any area of the ice. And he, he's assertive. He, he's an assertive player. And because the skating is so outstanding, I mean, he's able to beat pressure and get that puck up the ice quickly. And, you know, he'll join the attack. I don't think that Caden's going to be an elite offensive player once he turns pro. But his ability to skate and, and move with the puck and then move the puck uh, efficiently and effectively uh, is, are traits that uh, everybody wants in, in, in a defenseman. If he had more of the offensive traits, he would have gone in the first two or three picks, maybe first overall, because he is competitive and he has such exceptional skating ability. He really understands, you know, how to how to make life un uncomfortable for opponents, how, how to position himself. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to try to get to the net or you're going to get a scoring chance, you're going to have to, he basically says, you're going to have to come through me and good luck with that because he is so competitive. But, you know, the, the ability to get the puck out of your own zone, the ability to close down the, the, the cycle, the ability to 
negate plays from entering your zone, uh, you know, zone denials, you know, are really important for, for good team play. And Caden delivers in all of those. And I, I, I think he can be a really good, solid, steady player for this iteration of Team Canada. Jan Mishak, who they drafted in the second round, uh, another player that is just really, really smart and, and adaptable. He played in the tournament last year as a 17-year-old. He had his moments where he was pretty good, but as a 17-year-old, you know, there's different, uh, there's different times when you, oh boy, okay, I can't do that. He came over to Hamilton last year, and and he was lights out terrific. And uh, there's nowhere you, he, there's no place in the game where he can't find his way to be successful. Killing penalties, setting up plays, scoring, shooting. He's got a real array of tools that allows him to impact the game. You know, not just playing center, but playing on the wing. Not just playing offensively, but playing defensively and killing penalties. So. You know, I think that I, I, you know, I think for with Montreal, they had the back-to-back picks, uh, Luke Tuck uh, from the USA and uh, Jan Mishak, along with Caden Gooley, their first-round draft pick. I mean, they're three players that are really competitive. They're three different types of players, but I think Montreal Canadiens fans can absolutely look forward to the day when they can uh, be in their lineup. Indeed. Well, Ottawa Senator fans uh, were so excited at the draft. Uh, they had so many early picks, and, and now they get to, you know, look at these guys up close and personal and, and get a real feel for some of their early picks in this year's draft. Well, Tim Stutzler, who went third overall, I mean, he, he, he's got an unbelievable mind uh, for playing the game, and he, he not only has imagination and fantastic creativity, he, he has a boldness to his game. And, you know, I compare him in type to Patrick Kane. And and, and, and in that regard, when I watched him play and like Patrick Kane, they have such an uncanny uncanny strength to hold on on to the puck. And, you you know, everybody might be saying, oh, he's got to give up the puck here. But, But they're so confident with their ability to hold the puck and then to let a play develop that the other players might be giving up the puck. Tim Stutzler doesn't give it up. And then you combine it with this creativity and, and this imagination. He, he sees plays unfolding. And when you're playing with Tim Stutzel, just like when you play with Patrick Kane, you better be ready for the puck. Because you may not think they can make the play. They have no doubt they can make the play. And they do make the play. So, I, you know, the other thing about Tim that's always impressed me and continues to impress me. And he's like Peter Forsberg in this regard. And, and there's other players like that, but Peter Forsberg. Peter always started the game, not with an idea that I'm gonna dip a toe into the water. I'm coming, the puck's dropped, it's game mm-hmm. on. And I'm playing on my toes and here we go. And you better be ready. That's how Tim plays the game. And I just love uh, th- that approach to playing. And, and, and you know, the confidence with the puck and, and that type of uh, initiative. That's why I say he's so bold, you know. Then you go to their fifth overall pick, Jake Sanderson. And Jake, uh, a defenseman that will be playing for the USA. I mean, he, he, he's, a, he, he's such a superb skater. And along with Caden Gooley, I mean, Jake Sanderson, Tim Stutzla, and, and Caden Gooley were three of the very best skaters in, in, in the 2020 draft. But Jake uses that skating uh, in, in so many effective ways. And he, he has this kind of... What, what I call like a stealth-like ability to use that skating to just 
take opponents out of their ice, take opponents out of any idea that they may be able to attack and to take them off the puck. And so when, when I watch him, and, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of Scott Niedermeyer, the way he played defense. You know, he, he would take the puck from you, and, and you, you didn't even know the puck was gone from you, and you're kind of going, what just happened there? I don't have, I had the puck, and now I don't have it anymore. <laughs> he didn't bump me. He didn't hit me. But it, it's that type of ability and uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the opportunities that he creates by separating you from the puck. And by also, you know, uh, doing it in, in, in a way that it, it, it's kind of like effortless. And he reads the play. He's got great leverage. He gets underneath opponents. And, and so he's able to not only take you out of your ice and, and to stop you in your tracks, he, he's so good at being able to get underneath you that, you know, he, he gets the puck from you. And, you know, that puck moves up the ice quickly. He, he's fantastic in transition. He's another player. I know there's a lot of debate and discussion about Jake and how, how good his offense can be. And I'm certainly not going to say that he might not have it. Uh, I, I'm not sure he does. I, I think he might be more Ryan McDonough uh, than, than, than a top-end offensive player. But, but I think Jake is a terrific player. And I, I, I think that his ability to understand uh, what's happening to him uh, from a defensive standpoint offensively he's so good at the puck has to get here right now and to this player and if you're a player on the ice with jake you know you're going to get the puck in good shape and you know you're going to get it in some really good places where you can take advantage offensively that's a that's a really terrific defenseman and i think jake is that I, I would agree with you on that, and uh, there's a lot of excitement uh, when when fans get a look at the World Juniors, and uh, as we go into the uh, into the rest of the month, we'll take a look at some specific countries, but uh, let's dive into uh, some of the prospects for the 2021 draft uh, that we're talking about, and, and, and the first player is uh, Matthew Neese, a forward with Tri-City of the USHL, and this is pretty impressive from what I read, is that he led the team in assists and was second in points as a rookie last year in a very good league in the ushl right there that jumps off the page at me well and it should i mean he, he he's got he's got excellent hockey sense and he he really is a complete player and and when i say complete player there, there might not be one significant area of his game that you just look at and go okay that defines him it, it, it's the completeness of his game. He can skate, and, he, and, and he's got power to his skating. He's got strength in his skating. He's got quickness. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have this blinding speed, but, you know, he, he's able to, to speed up, and then he's able to be quick when it's necessary and agile when it's necessary. Really good puck skills, and he can make really strong plays in traffic, and he can shoot the puck. And, you know, he, he's very good at being able to maneuver himself into positions that where he can take advantage. So a defender may be pushing him one way, but because his hand skills are so good, he can make plays in, in different areas, forehand or backhand. Exceptionally smart. Really understands the game in all areas. And he's a competitor. He's a big-time competitor. And, you know, when I say complete, he plays the entire game. He plays everywhere on the ice in every situation, and he plays them well, and he plays them with assertiveness. Interestingly for me, having watched Matthew for a number of years, 
it's there's been this development with his physical maturity and mm-hmm. he always had these skills and you're watching okay how much more can he improve and you, you know he certainly demonstrated all that and now you're watching a bigger stronger player that's now becoming more forceful and you know more unstoppable and I'll, I'll, I'll be clear right now i have no doubt in my mind he's a first round draft pick no doubt in my mind those types of centermen don't come along and Matthew fits the bill in so many different regards. That, that's what I wanted to kind of ask you. Here's a guy who's 6'2", 205. He's going to fill out uh, even more. Oh. I, I wanted to find out, you know, because he's a guy that maybe I don't think a lot of people know. He's from Arizona, so it's not exactly Toronto as far as hockey hotbed prospectville. <laughs> uh, so maybe a lot of people don't know a lot about him, but they're going to as the year goes on. And 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 he's committed to, uh, to Minnesota at some point point as well so this is a guy that uh, i think hockey fans are really going to get to know especially this year during the uh during this odd uh prospect uh, year for him isn't it well it is and, and and you know for nhl teams you know you you know you've heard me say this before dean is that you're you, you've got to go back into your database of information mm-hmm. on matthew you know because you know you know d- the uncertainty surrounding every prospect in, in the 2021 draft and how much you're going to see them play this year, you know, you got to go back into that database of information to really try to assess, okay, you know, what do you have on Matthew? What do you know? What do you see over over, over the progression of time? But like I said, like, like for me, no question, uh, he, he, he'll clearly be in my top 32 players, clearly. And, uh, you know, 32, because Seattle's entering the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that type, like I said, I, I keep talking about that type of a sentiment. And, you know, he's not Austin Matthews, but he's another Arizona player that uh, you can certainly look back to and say, hey, the Winnipeg Jets moving down there and becoming the Arizona Coyotes mm-hmm. certainly has influenced uh, other young, uh, another young person to take up hockey. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that is a great point. Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform and the lifeblood of the franchises in the UFHL. Any free agent goes through a scout, so get in the game where you own the game and start putting your scouting talent to good use. Plus, there is expansion on the way. They are moving to the AHL, so the sky is the limit with this platform. Check them out on Twitter at UFF sports and uh craig we're going to talk about a uh a russian hockey player next and just before that i was interested in the you know the you know canadians we know are going to be lots of them in the draft but what is the the top end for the russians looking like for the 2021 draft in your opinion well i think that the uh 03 group is a is a really good group there's some really what, what i would call you know uh, top shelf talent uh, you know, to use one of our mm-hmm. uh, uh, terminal, one of our terms that we use in tracking the draft, but th- th- there's some really good players uh, for, for, from the O3 group as well as from the the late O2 group. Like you know, I talk about Daniel Shaika who plays right. in uh, who plays in uh, Guelph. You know, in the OHL, we've talked about him. We've talked about Kershenoff, right? Uh, you know, we, we we did we did him uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, as a player that uh, another defenseman, a late O2 born, another really, really good uh, Kirzenoff, not Kirshenoff, Kirzenoff, mm-hmm. another really good uh, defenseman. The, the draft's going to be really good uh, for the Russians. And uh, But I'll tell you what, 
you're going to have to go back into your database and you're going to have to have some really good confidence in your in your Russian scouts uh, to be able to uh, identify the players because, you know, I'm not going to say they're all going to go in the first round, but there's going to be some good players that we're going to look back on. I guarantee it from the 2021 draft that we're going to look back. How did they get him at that point in the draft? How did <laughs> they get him? How did they get him? And, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be the case. And again, NHL teams have to evaluate how they use data over a period of time, you know, to, to, to assess players because you're going to need it uh, essentially uh, for this 2021 draft. Well, let's talk about one of those guys for the 2021 draft. Uh, and, and I could be butchering. Is it Fyodor Svechkov? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Fyodor. Okay. Fyodor. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but, so but, I got the name. You can tell me about the player. I'll tell you about the player. He's a, he, he's a centerman that's exceptionally smart. Like, when I say exceptionally smart, he, he's, he's a five out of five. Understands the game, understands how to take advantage of, of, of different situations. And it's not just about anticipation and reading the play, Dean. It's about understanding... I can put that opponent into a spot where I can take full advantage of them. So, you know, it's not like, you know, we talk about anticipation and, and, and it's an important thing where the play is going to happen. But with, with Svechkov, he's able to put you into a box and then take advantage of you. You know, that type of ability, he's like a chess player. You know, okay, I got you boxed in. Now what? You know, mm -hmm. do you want to do you want to throw down your king, or do you want me to make my next move where I just go checkmate? He he's got that type. He's got that ability with his mind to do that. Now you go to the next level, and the skills are very very good. And you know, a, 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 when I talk about classic Russian centers, you know, I talk about it in the sense of you know they're the link between defense and offense. You know, which has been a, a huge thing in the in the in the Soviet and Russian systems for years. And the scorers were on the wings, and it was the center's job to be that link between defense and offense, and distribute the puck to those scoring wingers. That's a, think of Larionov. He had Kutov mm. on one side and Makarov on the other, but he was he was superb. Svechkov can also score. Like he's he's not just a playmaker. He's not just a smart player defensively and in every area of the rink and every area of the game. He's also a shooter, and he's not he he he's very interesting in the sense that he's not looking to pass up a shot. That's the other thing about him. He he says the shot is my best one. I'm using it, and 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 I think you see this you know this gradual progression you know, in terms of systems and how, and, and maybe when I talk about Soviet Russian classic centers, how it's changed a little bit. And I think Svechkov defines that, you know, you think he's not Evgeny Malkin, you know, Evgeny Malkin's a hall of famer, one of the, one of the, one of the great players uh, in the NHL and, you know, but Malkin shoots, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, again, Svechkov shoots the puck, but he also can make great plays confident holding the puck and again once he physically matures I, I like i think i think i think the sky's the limit for him i think when we yeah i talk about centermen like matthew uh like matthew nice and then uh uh, uh fedor svechkov who doesn't want centermen like this i do yeah. and, big, and I, big I, I can't ones. imagine nhl teams don't like the, these types of centermen 
are the ones that anchor the middle of your ice and are really, really critical to success in the NHL. So is there a player, uh, you know, maybe not a Russian player, but is there a centerman that he reminds you of? Yeah, like the, the, the centerman, the, like who he reminds me of, and, and you know, this will be a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So right now, when I talk about a centerman that he reminds me of, I, I kind of lean towards a little bit towards Barkoff because mm. Barkoff's got that same ability to, 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 to box you in. You know, you, you don't realize you're boxed in until it's too late. And, you know, he's, he, that, that understanding of the game and using his mind to, to take full advantage of what you're doing. And, 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 and Sasha Barkov can shoot the puck and he can make great plays. And, he, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a fantastic two-way player. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think Svechkov has that type of a game. And, you know, I might find, I mean, I'll, I always work at this over time, Dean, to try to find, you know, maybe somebody that, you know, might have a similar stature, similar skating style and a similar type of game. But that's the, the, the ability to use the mind to beat up your opponents. Barkov has that, does that. I think Svechkov has similar type qualities. Yeah, that's uh, that is exciting because I think Barkov is one of the most underrated players in the oh, yeah. NHL. It's just criminally underrated. Okay, let's go to our uh, final player today, and that's Dover uh, Tinling, a center and a left winger that uh, is uh, going to be at uh, Vermont. He played at Hawkesbury of the CCHL last year, and this is the youngest player in college hockey this year, from what I read, and the youngest since Jonathan Taves suited up at UND. So you know there's something pr- that Vermont has to be really excited about, this young player coming in. Well, there's no question they're excited about him. And, you know, with the with the uncertainty surrounding, uh, you know, certain uh, conferences in, in the NCAA and Vermont specifically, you know, how much he'll play is, is still undetermined. But I don't want to be a, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but here goes hmm. your database on these players and from past play is going to be significant. Like, you know, Dolar made a decision that he was going to go and play college hockey. That's what he wanted to do. You know, he's a player that's going to need more time, not less, you know, just as the physical maturity carries forth. But, but that was something he made his mind up to do when he was playing midget hockey and you know was a really good player for the Lac St. Louis Lions uh, and midget AAA you know he was coached by a good friend of mine John Goyens and you know when you when you hear people that you really trust talk about a player long before you get to see him there's one of two things that happens for me is that and and, and this happens way more often than not with the, with, with the people that I really trust and value their opinions Rarely, when I go to watch them, do I not see what they've expressed to me. And mm-hmm. with Dovar, I mean, what John said, he goes, "You're going to love this player. He's got a brain on him that's exceptional." He he, he thinks he he thinks John's always thought that Dovar ha- has thinking ability like Kucherov, and you know the ability to 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 look off opponents and to whip a shot past the goaltender or to make the goaltender think he's going to whip the shot, then he whips a pass, and it's a tap-in at the side of the net. Now, obviously, Kucherov is a great player, and he's not trying to say that he's Nikita Kucherov, but he's talking about the way he uses his hockey sense and his offensive abilities to keep everybody off balance. Dovar is not a big guy, and, he, and he, he'll end up being physically mature and physically strong enough, 
But when you watch him play and he speeds up and he slows down and he's quick when he needs to be quick because the mind is understanding where he has to be. He, he's not he's not quick having to make up for something. He's quick in trying to take advantage of something. And he's got terrific puck skills. And I talked about Tim Stutzla a little bit earlier. Dovar's got that type of confidence with the puck as well. And when you compare somebody to Kucherov in terms of their ability to, you know, keep everybody off balance, you got to be able to do it with the puck on your stick. And you, you can't just do it, you know, over like, like with the puck on your stick for short periods of time. You got to be able to do it with the puck on your stick for longer periods of time and be comfortable with it. And Dovar has that, like Kucherov, like Patrick Kane, like Tim Stutzla. I'm not putting him in that category of player. I am just saying that he has those types of qualities in terms of offense. And, uh, you know, we talk about Russian players, Dean. I think somewhere down the road, wherever Dovar gets drafted, and he might get drafted in the second round, the third round. Maybe he gets drafted in the first round. But he's going to be another guy. People are going to go, how did they get that guy at that point in the draft? Because I, I, I really believe that he is going to be a player that is going to be more than capable of being a really, really good, solid offensive player at the NHL level. When Vermont does get playing, is he a guy that, uh, as a freshman, is going to have to play down the lineup, or is he a guy that's going to be able to step in? You know, we saw uh, Dylan Holloway start a little bit lower in the lineup and then work his way up uh, last year with uh, Wisconsin. Uh, what about Dovar in Vermont? Well, Dovar is a year younger than Dylan with respect to birth year. Mm-hmm. So Dylan went in as a late birthday. So he had the advantage of another year. Dovar is going in as a true 17-year-old player mm-hmm. uh, into Vermont. Listen, the NCAA is a really, really, really difficult challenge for, for any player to go in there and, and really be strong at the top of the lineup. So, you know, you know, I don't know where Dovar is going to eventually uh, fit into the lineup in Vermont. I do know this, though. I think it won't take long for the coaching staff. And remember, uh, the, the new coach that's come in there, Todd Woodcroft, uh, you know, he, he didn't recruit Dovar. He was recruited by the previous coach. So, but I don't think it's going to, and Mike Babcock is a volunteer uh, coach, uh, advisor with the Vermont hockey program. I don't think it's going to take them very long to figure out that Dovar is really skilled Mm. and very, very smart. And, but, but will that happen right at the beginning? No, but it won't take long. And then you got to deal with the physical part of it, the physical maturity. One of the benefits for Dovar very well may be all the training he's been able to do, you know, from the end of his season last year in Hawkesbury, now over this period of time, to get to, to get even more physically ready for the demands of college hockey. And that very well may help him. You know, we see a lot of players turn that corner after Christmas into the new year of their first year in, uh, in NCAA hockey. I think we very well may see that uh, with Dovar as well. Indeed, uh, that's a, a very good point. Uh, great stuff today, Craig. Uh, we'll uh, hopefully have some more positive news next week about uh, moving forward uh, with this tournament. And, and, you know, hopefully even by then we'll have some good news about uh, just our general living situation right now. But uh, stay safe, good luck, and we'll chat next week, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Dean. And uh, you stay safe as well. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. 
What you talking about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got to win it. UFFS. You own the game. All right, well, in the next little while, we will be bringing you Craig's Council, uh, where Craig will give you some scouting tips. Uh, if, uh, if you're ever looking to get into the business or getting involved uh, with the Ultimate Franchise uh, Fantasy Sports platform as a scout in the UFHL, maybe you want to get involved in that and you can get some tips. Uh, we'll also do some stories. Uh, Craig always has some great ones. Uh, to tell uh, last time we did it it was a lot of fun so we'll probably do it midway through this bizarre season and then on the final episode of uh, this season uh, we will present uh, another version of craig's council if you do have a question for craig uh, email me tracking the draft at gmail.com and we'll add it uh, to the list of uh, topics that we already have going All right, that is going to uh, signal that it's time to wrap things up. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave us a review. Subscribe to the program. Let us know what you think. Always looking for constructive criticism. If you'd like to be involved in the show as a partner, hit me up through email, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. For Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN, I'm Dean Millard. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. We'll talk next week.